Welcome to the Three Timbers podcast series, Life Interrupted. Today we are joined by Jeff Ryan and Joe Slaybaugh and special guest, Sarah Snow. Three Timbers podcast, episode eight. Over to my Star Wars friend, Joe. What is episode eight in Star Wars? That's a good question. Um, you, you have high expectations for me, Jeff. Always, top shelf. I, top I feel shelf. like episode eight might be The Last Jedi. Last Jedi. All right, so if you're listening out there, fact check us. Let us know if we are right or wrong on episode eight. But again, we're glad that you're here. I am Jeff, and I am here along with with the man that the Omaha World Herald called a national treasure, Joe Slavaugh. Joe, how are you? That is unverified, and we should be clear, that's not accurate at all. That's that's what I read. Well, I'm doing very good. Thank you so much. We don't want to get sued by the Omaha World Herald, but we're doing well. It's, um, we're in the middle of winter. Like, this is awesome. Yeah, it's 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 sixty degrees, 60 outside degrees outside today. I don't know what it's going to be like when this thing drops, but it's sixty degrees out today. It's amazing. I'm yeah, in a t-shirt. It is tropical Omaha right now. This is fantastic. Um, for some of us in the podcast today, we're loving life. For some of us who would like it colder and snowier, not so exciting. But um, I know for me, speaking for myself, I'm very very happy right now. Well, we're glad that you're happy, and Thank and you. it has been confirmed by our crack research staff that that is episode. Episode eight. So once again, you nailed it. <laughs> Star Wars. Episode yeah, I mean, eight. just absolutely nailed Last it. Last Jedi. Now I have I have a question for you. You kind of talked about it. When you think of Christmas, what are some of the things that you think about, Joe? Well, I mean, family, presents, uh, going to grandma's house, having food. Um, you know, it's nice to have a white Christmas every once in a while. Nice sure. to have snow on the ground. Sure. Um, those are probably my primary ones that come to mind. Christmas Eve services, um, obviously, doing the candlelight ser- services. I always loved those as a kid. Sure. I, I, first, I noticed that presence was like number two with a bullet right there. I, I figured I was going to be real rather than fake. Sure, I appreciate so, that. I, I'm channeling my five-year-old self. Oh, okay. And my five-year-old self was all about the presents. Sure, and thankfully that's really changed. Um, <laughs> so much has changed. Sure much has changed. Well, when I think of Christmas, I think of two words. Sarah Snow. Sarah Snow. Sarah Snow is when I think of Christmas because uh, Sarah has been all Christmas all the time since we first met her. Uh, She celebrates Christmas 24-7, 365, and uh, we are so excited that Sarah Snow, uh, who is with us today on the podcast, Sarah, good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing well. Yes, I have my my Christmas fingernails on and my two Christmas yes. trees up and I'm anxiously awaiting Friday when the snow is supposed to fall so you know well, that's exactly right Sarah, well, that was exciting. the one I was talking about when you just love wintertime and cold and snow I do I do you fit that last name to a T it's amazing yes yes I got very lucky when I when I married a man named snow that's right uh can I ask lucky? you lucky lucky that's uh, that's how I see it. Yeah. Both yes. sides. There Lucky you go. Both sides. Very good. Sarah, Very when good. did you get your Christmas tree set up? Can I ask you that? Was it April or May? <laughs> okay. <clears throat> to be fair, 
normally I wait until the day after Thanksgiving to put up the Christmas tree, which is different Very from traditional. when I was a kid. Yes. Um, when I was a kid, we would put them up. It started out like two weeks before Christmas. And of course, I was the one that wanted to put it up earlier. So December 1st became our tradition because of me. And then um, we did that the first couple years, I think, of our marriage. And then after that, I was like, this is silly. So we put it up the day after Thanksgiving. But this year, because, um, you know, of the pandemic and stuff, we put it up two weeks before Thanksgiving to give a there little you go. extra... A little extra Christmas. Sure, sure. You well, got to really expand Christmas during this year. We do. Well, you know, I, I think, think we'd all that everybody that. needs a little extra joy this year. And and I'm pretty sure there are studies out there that say that um, putting up your Christmas stuff earlier makes you happier. I don't think mm. I'm making that up. No, oh. I would. I would. We'll, we'll have our, our crack she said? research team. She said team. she doesn't think she's making that I up. I think she said she doesn't <laughs> think she's making that up. What that counts, if that's actually credible information or not. But I love the way you worded that. I really don't <laughs> think that I'm making this up. I'm going to use that from now on. No, that's a definite Sarahism. Absolutely. That that's a Sarahism. Hey, guys, I really don't think I'm making, making this, this up. up. Yep. <laughs> oh, that's a win. That's I, want, a win. I want to share this with you. Well, you know, as, as, as many people know, uh, Sarah and her family have been with us on this journey planning a church from the very beginning, uh, and Sarah was our worship leader for many years, did an amazing job, and, you know, our staff has had the privilege that we got to know you, and we have so much fun, and we do a lot of laughing and a lot of joking, and, um, and but yet a lot of people may not know how all of our stories somehow intersect, and one thing that's common to all of us is our life can be interrupted, and our life is interrupted in multiple ways personally, professionally, spiritually. And, and I'm just curious because maybe not everybody knows some of your story on your journey, how God has interrupted your life um, in your journey. I don't know if you want to just share a little bit um, on some of the ways in which God has interrupted your life. Sure. Are we talking this year or like my whole life? <laughs> what, what, whatever <laughs> works question. for you because interruptions come all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, gosh, well, <clears throat> let's see. Um, from when I was little, um, I've gotten migraines since the age of six. So migraines are a way that my life gets interrupted. Um, really debilitating, get physically sick, um, has spent the last 30 years trying to figure out how to get rid of them. So that's, that's one way, um, that my life, you know, physically gets interrupted. Absolutely. Um, let's see. Um, I got married and divorced real young, not really well, real young. I was 22. So, um, that's another way that my life was interrupted. Not what my plan was, of course. Um, you know, uh, and then met, gosh, went through school, changed my major a couple of times. Um, you know, that's, that's a pretty similar story. I feel like to a lot of people, um, then got married again, wasn't planning on having kids right away, had kids right away. That was totally God's plan. Um, you know, which is amazing. Um, you know, those kinds of things, various health, health issues with family members and, and, um, you know, this year, um, part of my, my transition or trying to get rid of migraines is changing the way that I eat. And that has been, a transition and maybe an interruption, um, you know, completely stopping what I'm doing and 
and um, changing it to see if it works. Lots of lots of various things all all turned out good. You know, God knows what he was. I was talking with Garrett about it the other day, actually. And, you know, God always knows what he's doing, even if we don't see it. Mm, and so sure. even though our life feels interrupted, I feel like it's really all part of the plan. Well, let me ask you this. Obviously, mm. you have kind of talked about how you've had um, physical interruptions, relational interruptions, career interruptions. As you kind of, in some ways, we kind of have to look back and look forward at the same time. As you look back at those interruptions, what do you feel now that maybe God was trying to teach you in the midst of those interruptions? Because when when our lives are interrupted, it's never an easy moment. It's it's difficult. It's challenging. And sometimes you say, God, I don't know what or why you're doing this. But as you as you look backwards, what do you feel like maybe God was trying to to show you or teach you in those moments? You know, I think um, the big thing is that God is constant. Um, Jesus is always there. He's the one that I can always count on. Um, you know, anytime I've had any sort of of interruption in my life, whether it's small or big, you know, I, I always go back to Jesus and he's always there. Sometimes it takes me a while to get there, but I always end up there. And, um, it's in the midst of those deep conversations, um, some that are tearful, some that keep me up in the middle of the night that I, that I really feel God's presence and know just that he's, he's there and he loves me and he loves us. And, um, you know, I feel like a lot of times when people's lives get interrupted in whatever way they feel lost and like they're unloved. Um, and I think the big message there is just that Jesus is constant and he's constantly there and there's nothing you can do that will make him stop loving you ever. Mm-hmm. That's, That's really good. good. I want to go back just to unpack one phrase that you said, because I think it's important um, that people understand what you mean when you say this. You said, in the end, I always go back to Jesus. What does that mean kind of in a in a practical way? Because obviously we understand it. It's a great thing to do, but how do you do it? And how can you encourage other people to understand what it means to go back to Jesus? You know, um, <clears throat> there's that whole phrase, let go and let God, that's really hard to do. Um, and so I think, you know, whether intentionally or unintentionally, when we're trying to figure out our life and what's going on, uh, especially when we're interrupted, we don't necessarily always take the time to listen to the direction that God is leading us in, or, you know, we maybe don't hear anything. And sometimes when we're um, trying to figure out what to do, it feels like we're stuck, but it could be that we're stuck there intentionally and that, um, you know, when we, when we regroup and realize that we can't do it on our own and that we need to take that time and that have that conversation with Jesus, um, that's when we really can either can, can understand um, why we are where we are or what we need to do to move forward. Mm. I that's good. That? Well, I love what she's saying there because there are two different truths. You know, there can be more than one thing that can be true. 
And what you're saying is sometimes we need to learn more about who we are as a person, and sometimes we need to figure out the solution to the problem. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes those coincide, yeah, but not always. Yeah, there are mm-hmm. definitely times where the situation may not get better, and mm-hmm. yet we need to change rather than the situation changes. I can't tell you how many people I've talked to that get so mad at God because the situation has never changed. And they just keep praying and praying and praying, God, change the situation, change the situation, change the situation. And that's, that's a very reasonable, good prayer. Sure I wouldn't have any problem with anybody who would ever pray yeah. that. But mm-hmm. sometimes God is trying to change us and not mm-hmm. change the situation. Romans 12, 2 tells us to not be conformed by the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. We're supposed to be transformed. Yeah. That's what Jesus is supposed to be doing in us, not just changing the circumstances, but changing us in it. Sarah, you mm-hmm. mentioned two gigantic interruptions in your life, physical, relational. Um, and Jeff and I, we've had the pleasure of knowing you for years and years now. And mm-hmm. I've been able to see your strength, especially in your, your physical ailments when it comes to your migraines. Um, you're, you're incredible. Like the type of migraines that you experience, yeah. I would be out for a week. And I would be laying <laughs> I, in bed. I, I think maybe two weeks. Two weeks. Two fair weeks, enough. Yeah, two yeah. weeks. Um, but I would not want to get out of bed at all. And yet you, you go right through it. You've got three kids. You don't stop. Um, mm-hmm. There were a couple of Sundays where things got so bad, you would you know, send us an email on Saturday night and say, hey, guys, this is just not going to work. I'm so sorry. And because I knew you, I know that that was you were basically in a hospital bed situation because it was so bad. <laughs> How do you find the strength to get through times when things are not getting better? And obviously your physical ailments are one of those things, but you can choose anything. In general, how are you finding the strength to get through those times when you know that in the moment, the situation, the circumstance is not going to improve? Um, you know, just knowing that it's not the end. There's light at the end of the tunnel. I mean, no matter what I'm going through, it's, it's temporary. It'll change. Um, and as far as the migraines go, I know they're not going to last forever. They are more frequent and more intense than I want. Um, but they're, they're not forever. Um, I'm surrounded by people that love me, that understand. And even though they might not have experienced what I've experienced, um, they love me enough to know that I need help, even if I don't ask for it. Um, and they, you know, my, my kids and, you know, my husband and my, my parents and my in-laws, but, you know, they're so sweet and my kids are so sweet and they know that when mommy's got a headache, you know, they, they know that I need to be in a quiet space and they'll go get me the boo-boo buddies and my ice cap beanie that I wear. And, you know, they'll come check on me. Are you okay? Can I get you anything? They'll make me pictures. You know, I just, I just, I know that it's, it's just not the end. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, I feel that way even about this year. What a, what a, what a bizarre year that we're going through, you know, but it's not always going to be like this. Mm. I just, yeah. and, and even if I don't know for that, that for a fact, I have to believe it to be true. Um, you know, I have to have hope. And I think hope is what carries us through a lot of things, um, you know, in life, whether it's physical or spiritual, it's, it's not always going to be like this. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I think it's, mm. what do you put your hope in? 
And, you mm-hmm. know, well, you put your hope in Jesus, and that's evident to everybody who has the pleasure to know you. And that's what gets us through. That's what transforms us is our hope, not our own strength. And, you know, I think one of the one of the many unique things about you is that God kind of spoke to you about where you were um, as our worship leader and 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 what God wanted to do. And so, you know, we know this story, but I'm not sure if all of our um, listeners know the story, but God really spoke to you. And, and, and to this day, I, and I, and I often talk about it, your obedience to what God spoke into your life was amazing to me and, and that you were obedient and kind of the transition. So I'm just curious if, if you wouldn't mind just sharing kind of that story, because this was God interrupting your life for a greater kingdom purpose that maybe wasn't what you wanted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> well, I guess, you know, I feel like God speaks to me in lots of different ways, especially through dreams. Um, and, um, you know, I can go all the way back to the 10th grade. I, I remember a vivid dream that I had one night where I was sleeping and I woke up to this bright light in this other room and I went into this other room and it was, Jesus was there in this very bright, clean white, like the brightest bright you've ever seen. Um, and he asked me, what do you want? And I said, I want a home and I want a family and I, and I want a successful career as much as a, a 10th grader can think, but those are the three things that I wanted. I said, I want a family, I want a home and I want a successful career. And he said, you will have it. And, and then I woke up. Um, so that happened to me in the 10th grade. And, um, and then if we, you know, fast forward to, to, um, when I got offered this job, I was three weeks away from being due with my third. Our time, our timing was amazing on that (laughs) offer, by the way, we did a great job. Yep. Three weeks away from, from being due with Micah. And, um, you know, they approached me and asked if I would prayerfully consider it. And so we did, Chad and I talked about it and we considered it and we felt, you know, when we prayed about it and we felt that the answer was yes. And so, um, we did that and you all were very gracious and let me have my, my time with Micah that I needed. I think you waited five months before I was ready to start, you know, started a little bit before that, but, um, and then, and then just really were awesomely accommodating to me as I was, you know, new mom to a third baby and, um, you know, really felt just that, man, this is where I need to be. Um, you know, I feel like I've been blessed with the gift of music and that I have to share that and that, um, you know, this was a way that I could really do that. And, um, I was like, gosh, this is going to be great. It's going to be my career. I, I love it so much. And I, man, I loved it so much. Um, you know, getting to do what I felt God had, had blessed me with to use the gifts that he'd given me to give back and really felt like I was doing what he had called me to do. And I, and I think that I was, um, truly, um, and then just started feeling like, you know, maybe, you know, he was saying, Sarah, you're not going to be there as long as you think you're going to be there. I was like, all right, well, what does that mean? Does that mean it's not going to be 20 years? It's going to be 10 years. Does it mean it's going to be five years? What does that mean? And then, you know, it just kept pressing upon my heart. You're not going to be there for as long as you think you're going to be there. And then 
um, one night, I believe it was in August of whatever year it was, um, that, that I had a dream and I very clearly heard you're done. And I knew that it was time to start, you know, to, to talk to Jeff and to talk to you guys and to say, you know, I, I don't know why, I don't know where I'm going. Um, or, or if I'm going anywhere, but it's, it's time for me to be done. And I felt very clear on that. And I, I went back and forth too, just as we were talking and as we were going through the process, cause it was a long process. It was like a year and a half, I think before yeah, it was a long one before I was, I was done. And I just kept hearing, you know, I kept praying, is this right? Am I hearing this right? Is this what you want for me to do? Are you sure? Um, and the answer was, yep, yeah, you're, you're done, you know? And I, and I had another dream, you know, sometime in the middle there where it was, and, and I don't even know if, if Grant knows this, but, um, I had a dream that was, um, again, very clear to me that said the person who's coming here is ready to be here. I've prepared them. I'm ready for them to be here. Um, and so, you know, what does ready mean in terms of what God knows? And I think it was some time yet before he was on, but I, I knew that he was ready. And I knew that when we were, when we finally found the person that they would be the exact right person, because God had told me that they were ready. Mm. Yeah. I mean, that's a remarkable story because, you know, you were, um, in a place where you felt you were using your gifts, you were, um, doing what you enjoyed doing. It, it provided um, an outlet for the gifting. And yet here comes God, interrupts your life and says, um, you're done now. And, mm -hmm. you know, you might have been like, I'm sorry, I didn't hear that one. Could you repeat it? <laughs> um, how do I, yeah. how, how did you go from I'm done to yes, Lord? Because there may be people right now who God has interrupted their life and said, you know, you're done at this job or you're done going down this career path or you're done in some way, how do you, how were you able to make the pivot and go, yes, Lord, I'm, I'm going to walk in obedience because you're, you're walking away from something that's positive. You're not walking away from something that's, that's negative. You're walking away from a good experience. Mm -hmm. So how did you make that turn to walk in obedience? Well, it's not easy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it wasn't easy. It was just, uh, I just, I just knew when I had to trust that it was what I was supposed to do. Um, you know, just because God tells you to do something, it doesn't mean that you, you want to do it. Um, you know, I, I loved my job. Um, you know, I didn't want to leave. I just knew that I was supposed to, and I had to, I had to trust that it was, um, you know, what he wanted and that, um, I really felt as I was questioning this, you know, and, and in my talks, you know, when I would pray and it was the whole, are you sure? I, <clears throat> excuse me. I really felt that he was saying to me, you know, I had you there for a purpose. You served your purpose here. Now it's time for you to do something else and it's time for someone else to be here. Mm. Um, and that really helped. So I think prayer helps a lot. Um, talking, talking to Jesus and, you know, it's not like this, it's not like this big, you know, not always this big booming voice. It's a feeling in your heart. You know, it's a feeling in your, in, in phrases that you think over and over again, at least it is for me that I keep going back to. And it's like, if I'm hearing this, 
this has got to be what God's saying to me. Um, you know, you, you were there for a purpose. You've completed your purpose. It's time to move on. And so that really helps, but you know, through, through everything, it was prayer, 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 prayer. Mm. You know, I would wake up in the middle of the night sometimes and not be able to sleep. And usually when that happens, God's trying to tell me something and I'm, I try to go back to sleep. And then when I can, I'm like, okay, what are you trying to tell me tonight? <laughs> you know, and it's like one or two in the morning. So that happened to me real recently, actually, um, where I processed some things, but that's a whole, whole other story that we can get into if we want. But, um, yeah, it really was just praying and trusting even if you don't understand it, you have to to trust through the process. Wow. It's like Proverbs 3, 5 all over the place. Yeah. Trust the Lord <laughs> with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And we, we are looking at, listening to someone who's living yeah. that out. Uh, that is incredible stuff. It really is. You are just so humble, by the way, you explained oh. that. And it's not, for those of you guys who are listening to us and you don't know either Jeff or myself and you don't know Sarah, I can vouch for her that she really is a very humble person who is seeking to please an audience of one. Yeah. And, and it's not just talking. Like she has walked the walk and I've been able to see it for years. So what she's saying is not just lip service, it's real. No, I mean to be able to obey God, uh to to leave the the nest of being around you and I. I mean that's a that's a God <laughs> thing, right? I mean, cuz who wouldn't want to be around us and uh but no, Sarah is. No, keep going. You're doing great. <laughs> keep going. <laughs> she knows better. She yeah, she kept enough. us straight. But no, Sarah is just an amazing, humble servant of the Lord who just waits on God's call and then goes. And just a wonderful example to to all of us, really. And um, and we're great. And so we're gonna get you out of here on a little rapid fire Christmas. Oh. So you, oh. so this oh, this is right up your alley. So are are you ready? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, yep. here we go. Got to say the first thing that pops in your mind, favorite okay. Christmas cookie. Oh, it's not really a Christmas cookie, but um, okay. <laughs> Oatmeal butterscotch chip is my favorite cookie, and it doesn't matter what season it's in, I will eat it. Okay. But the favorite Christmas cookie, it's ginger snap, because I used to make them with my grandma. Well, of course it is. Sure, sure, Sounds absolutely. Good. Favorite Christmas movie? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> That's such a great answer. I can't pick one. Yeah, there's more than All one. Right, Jeff, last come on. Christmas movie you watched? Uh, uh, last Christmas movie I watched was probably Rudolph and Frosty's Shiny New Year while I was wrapping presents. Okay. 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 There you um, go. Favorite Christmas decoration? What do you like? The lights? What do you like? The ornaments? Like outside, inside? What's your favorite Christmas decorating? All of it. <laughs> <laughs> she is answering these questions in the best way possible. Absolutely. She, <laughs> she is showing you why she is Miss Christmas. She's responding to all your questions by saying, no, I'm not going to answer that. No, yeah. She could be a politician. Yeah, you can't quantify the love that Sarah has for Christmas. It's, it's unbelievable. It's limitless is yep. what it is. That's for sure. Um, wow. That was, she blew us out of the water there. As always, that's Sarah, sure. you are amazing. Yeah. And uh, we so appreciate uh, giving us the time. And um, thanks for all that you do for the kingdom. Thanks all you do for the church. And we hope you and your family have a very Merry Christmas.
Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. This was fun. Awesome. Well, we're so glad you could make it. And we wish you guys a very Merry Christmas as well if you're listening to this podcast. Thank you so much for checking us out today and hanging out with us. We really hope that Sarah's story has inspired you and given you hope for the future, especially as we reflect on the ultimate hope given to the world through Jesus Christ. And that really is the reason for this season. And we want to encourage you that if this podcast really kind of strikes a nerve with you, forward it on to somebody who could be encouraged by Sarah's story, by her word. Again, we hope that you can join us for worship in person at the Stumble Inn every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock or uh, on Facebook uh, Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock. We'll have our Christmas Eve service at 5 o'clock at the Stumble Inn. We hope that you can join us. If we can pray for you about anything, send us an email at prayers at threetimbers.org. Or for more information, just go to threetimbers.org. Thanks, and uh, we'll catch you on the next podcast. Yeah, love you guys. Merry Christmas. Take care. Merry Christmas.